Welcome to another Take 10 with Jen. Get equipped in the supernatural. And now, here's Jen. Welcome back to Take 10 with Jen, a supernatural podcast. I just want to make sure you're getting this podcast each and every week. So be sure to subscribe, rate and review it and share it with all of your friends. Well, this week, we're going to talk about prophetic protocol. These are the guidelines to the gift of prophecy, whether you're giving a prophetic word or you are receiving a prophetic word. We need to have some protocol. Well, before we go there, make sure you have my book, Prophetic Secrets. You can get it at any online retailer that sells Christian books, or you can go to my website, go to jenniferevaz.com, and you can get it there. Also, if you live in Australia, we have now made my books available inside of Australia. So at Jennifer com, there is a shop Australia tab just for you. Now back to our topic, prophetic protocol. Let's start with this verse, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28. It says, do not remove the ancient landmark, which your fathers have set. This is about geography. It's about land. It's about borders. But there is a principle in here to observe boundary lines. You see, boundary lines are just that, lines that limit us. It says, stay over there and don't come over here. When it comes to the prophetic, there needs to be some boundary lines. You see, the Holy Spirit is often compared to a river. And when the prophetic anointing is present, it can often feel like a moving river throughout the room, throughout the conference where that anointing is flowing. For example, a few weeks back, I was ministering at my home church, Harvest Church in Turlock, California. And during the first service, actually right before, I got this name burning in my brain. And that's what it feels like when the Lord wants to speak to somebody by name. I'll get it inside of me and I won't be able to let it go. And I'll have to find the person. And so I got up in the first service and I said, is somebody here by the name of Artie? That's not his real name, but for podcast purposes, we're going to name him that. So I said, is Artie here? Well, nobody raised their hand. And so I proceeded to share a story to help people understand what I was doing. I shared a story about Danny. Danny was uh, a man in Australia. And again, not his real name, just for podcast purposes, we're using the name Danny. So I was in Australia ministering at a conference. I said, is Danny here? And uh, nobody raised their hand. And then I said, is somebody here whose brother is named Danny? Well, a man raised his hand. He said, my brother's name is Danny. And I said, please call Danny on the phone. And so he called Danny on the phone in front of all of us. And I spoke to Danny. Danny was not a believer in Jesus at the time. I said, Danny, I said, I'm a minister from the USA. And the Holy Spirit gave me your name. And he said, for me to tell you this, he said, he is calling you. That's all I had. I didn't have anything more than that, but that was enough. And I'll tell you why. Well, a year after the fact, Danny came down with terminal cancer and Danny in, in the light of all of that going on in his life, he gave his life to Jesus. So he is now spending his eternity in heaven. And it started with that phone call when the Holy Spirit called him. And so I shared this story with our congregation. I said, now that I share this with you, I am looking for Artie. And nobody raised their hand again. So I asked 
another question in the room and I said, who in this room has a birthday? And this middle-aged woman, she said, I have a birthday. And I said, well, here, I'm going to give you my book, Prophetic Secrets, Happy Birthday. And so I decided to ask one last time, does somebody here know Artie? And the lady that I just gave the book to, she said, my brother's name is Artie. And so sure enough, by the next service, we had Artie on the phone and we're prophesying to him. But you see how the Holy Spirit, the prophetic anointing, the gift of prophecy, it moves like a river, just like that. Now, even though it moves like a powerful river, that river, it still has banks. If it doesn't, the water just goes everywhere, but it travels to nowhere. It doesn't have direction. Boundary lines help to set direction for the prophetic. It helps to give it a flow and a destination. Boundary lines can also shift depending on the context. Uh, boundary lines can widen. They could be narrowed in, but still the context will determine how wide or narrow you set the banks of the prophetic. For example, when we're teaching and we are helping people learn how to minister in their prophetic gift, we always give them this initial protocol. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, it says, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Well, to edify is to build up. To exhort is to encourage. To comfort is to cheer up. So for example, a word that would edify might look like this. The Lord is well pleased with you because, and then he'll know something from the Holy Spirit, very specific. Uh, to exhort again is to encourage. One time I gave a prophetic word to a lady that was a bartender at, a, at an eclectic shop up in the mountains. There's this, these cities and little towns up in the mountains and they sell these eclectic uh, jewelry and knickknacks and almost all of them they have a wine bar in in the shops each and every one of the shops at the same time i saw a woman at the wine bar in this eclectic shop and the holy spirit spoke to me and told me to tell her to encourage her to start the Bible study. And I, I did that. I said, hey, I said, the Holy Spirit's talking to me about you. And he told me to tell you to start the Bible study. And would you believe that she had just given her life back to the Lord? It was on the heels of, of her fiance. Uh, he died and it was just a terrible thing that she was going through and a grief and it brought her back to Jesus. And she was contemplating if she should do a Bible study. But that was her secret thought between her and the Lord. And the Holy Spirit answered that secret thought through me, encouraged her to start the Bible study. You never know when the Holy Spirit's going to speak, but it edifies, it exhorts, it comforts. You see, people who are new to the prophetic, they might hear or see something else, maybe something less edifying or comforting. But we don't allow those who are new to this arena to go there. And the Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, you can control yourself. You don't have to say everything that you perceive spiritually. You can submit to a protocol when it's called for. See, we read in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, that Jesus loves righteousness and he hates lawlessness. We know what righteousness is. It's being set right and being put in order. And in contrast, lawlessness would be having a lack of order, not obedient to laws or the Bible or having any protocol. You see, if God is speaking through someone, he's going to do it in a way that reflects his character and his authority structure. What's really interesting is when he was preparing to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, he did something that he didn't have to do. It's shocking to me because God doesn't need permission from any man to do anything on the earth. 
but he still consulted with Abraham about the situation. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17 to 19. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I've known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. What we see here is that God was following some kind of protocol in his planning. Before he did something really big and difficult and destructive, he had a conversation about what he planned to do and why. Now, if God can have a conversation about matters on the earth, then we too can stop and have a conversation with a leader or a key person about our prophetic words before we release them. You see, with that instruction, anything that builds, edifies, exhorts is always encouraged and championed. But if it goes past that, there needs to be a private discussion with a key leader and there needs to be submission to that gatekeeper. What would happen if social media actually had such gatekeepers? Men and women who were designated, revered, honored, and received in such a role? I know this is out there. I know it sounds impossible, but can we just dream? What if we had the same playbook on social media that if you prophesy in this arena that it only can edify, exhort, or comfort? And anything past that has to go through a known gatekeeper. Do you think social media, as far as the prophetic is concerned, might become a more constructive environment? Would the prophetic ministry that we see on social media start to be respected, actually believed? Just a thought, just a dream. <laughs> Maybe someday it'll happen. You see, there was a prophet that prophesied financial judgment on this nation a few years ago, and it was on the tail of a very wicked law that was passed in a liberal area of the country. And but I could tell it was, it was reactive, it was emotionally driven, and this prophetic word came out of this prophet very unprocessed. A lot of fleshly emotion on it, didn't have the right spirit on it. What's interesting is a few years later, now that same prophet is, is prophesying again, but now they're prophesying a turnaround word to the nation. I keep thinking, which is it? Is it destruction or is it turnaround? Because you had a different word a few years back. It's so confusing, it's so emotive, and this is all playing out on social media. This is what I'm pointing out and I'm calling out for reform, maturity, congruency, protocol, and especially encouragement. Thanks again for joining me for Take 10 with Jen, a supernatural podcast. Help me to get this podcast and other resources around the globe. Just go to jenniferevaz.com and hit the donate tab. Thanks again for listening to Take 10 with Jen. For more resources and to become a partner, visit us at jenniferevaz.com.